This sermon was recorded at Church of the Ascension, an Anglican parish in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, whose mission is to be a worshipping community that equips God's people and shares Christ's healing with a broken world. For more information, please visit ascensionpittsburgh.org. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would continue to speak to us through your word by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever woken up and, and thought, what day is it? Or where am I? Feeling somewhat disoriented. Today's service honestly can do that to you. I mean, is this Palm Sunday or is this Good Friday? It feels as if we've compressed the whole of Holy Week into one service. We began with the festive palm waving as we joyfully sang Hosanna. But with hardly a chance to catch our breath, we were taken once more to Gethsemane and to those ghastly events of that first Good Friday, with Jesus being betrayed and whipped and spat upon and finally crucified. And in a few moments, we will celebrate the Eucharist, which is really a mini-celebration of Easter itself. So what's going on here today on this Palm Sunday, known also as Passion Sunday? Palm Sunday marks the start of Holy Week, and our liturgy today does indeed give us a preview of those events, events that happened over the course of this coming week. But as this week progresses, we will slow things down. And so on Thursday, we'll gather here in this space to remember the Last Supper, the occasion on which Jesus instituted Holy Communion. We will see his love for the disciples as he washes their feet and gives his new commandment to love others as Christ has loved us. We will hear of the betrayal of Judas and we will take our time ending that service on Thursday night in complete darkness as the final candle flame is blown out. And the next day, Good Friday, we'll be here together for an hour or two or three from noon until three. We will hear again the story of Christ's passion. We will follow in his footsteps through the stations of the cross. And many will come and touch or lay prostrate before the large wooden cross that will be placed in the center of the sanctuary here. We will be reminded of our sin, our failures, and all that separates us from God. We will remember, as we have done this morning, that Christ suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. An event in history, an event of shame and suffering, God on the cross. And then on Easter Day, we'll gather here at 6 and at 9 and at 11. We will celebrate with trumpets and bells and incense and singing, baptism and Eucharist, the bursting forth of Jesus from the tomb and his triumph over sin and death and hell. An event in history. An event of victory and celebration, Jesus risen from the dead. So 
why then squeeze all of this into our service today on Palm Sunday? The answer is this. We do this lest we forget. We do this lest we miss a part of the journey. We do this because Palm Sunday is not only the day when Jesus entered Jerusalem as king, for it is also the day when Jesus entered Jerusalem on his way to the cross. Uh, Bishop Grant was telling me after the earlier service that he'd been in Kenya when he was serving there some years ago, and the preacher in the middle of his sermon on Palm Sunday stopped and asked the congregation, so what was the view from the donkey? What did Jesus see? And they all knew. They all said, a cross. Did you know that on the back of a donkey's head, there is a cross? Someone actually sent me a photograph of this just last week. Someone who works with donkeys. And said, by the way, did you know? And I didn't. Amazing. Anyway, that's just a kind of extra. Um, But the point is, the point is a serious one. There is no Easter without Good Friday. Now, in some ways, I wish we could just do Palm Sunday today and then Easter Day next week. After all, who doesn't want to sing Hosanna today with trumpet and red vestments and great rejoicing rather than be shouting crucify him or listening to that awful, poignant, powerful rendition. I mean, I don't know about you, I just wanted it to stop. Who wouldn't prefer to to skip over the rest of this coming week and go straight to Easter? And that way, uh, we wouldn't have to experience that rather awkward foot washing thing either. Sorry, that's just a personal thing. It's very meaningful and it's a good thing, but it is awkward. And Good Friday, three hours, lots of silence, lots of remembering sin and death. Couldn't we do without it? I mean, then next week we'll come back and then we'll have more trumpets and everything will be white and we can enjoy the fragrance of the lilies and we'll have bells and smells and babies and baptisms and alleluias ascending to the rafters. Well, you could. You, you can. But there's no Easter without Good Friday. There's no Easter without betrayal. There's no Easter without the cross, that awful instrument of torture and execution. And the truth is this also, that we live in a Good Friday world, a world where there are wars and uprising, where there's injustice, where there are shootings and violence in our own neighborhood, and there is hurt and betrayal even in our own families. And so in the midst of life, we are in death. What are we to do? Do we shout Hosanna or crucify him? And the sad truth is we do both. Our lives so often are lived in ways that pound nails into Jesus' hands and feet. Our actions pierce his side again and again by our words, by our thoughts, and by our actions we have crucified Jesus. 
It is we who nailed him to the cross. He died for our sin, for yours and for mine. And yet, with the crowds on that first Palm Sunday, we do cry, Hosanna. What does it mean? What does Hosanna mean? Yes, it means, Lord, save us. Would you, would you say that with me? Lord, save us. That is our cry today. And while we do live in a Good Friday world, thank God we are also an Easter people. Yes, we live with the ravages of, di of disease, divorce, death, and yet we have a Savior who makes all things new. And so grief and pain and loss are not the final words. Now, do I wish that there were a fast-forward button for all those who suffer their own Good Fridays? Well, yes, of course I do. Do I wish I could have been spared my own Good Fridays? Yeah, I'm sure I do. And yet, if there really is no Easter without Good Friday, then, like Mary, faced with the scandal of pregnancy out of wedlock, we must say, let it be to me according to your will. Like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, who prayed, Father, for you all things are possible. Take this cup from me. We too must pray. Yet not what I want, but what you want. The truth is, we live in between the now and the not yet. Our Good Fridays for many are not over. But Easter changes everything. Jesus has not yet come again, but he will. And so we have hope. I want to um, offer a very simple invitation today, and it's simply this. It's to enter in to these seven days from today through to Easter day. I don't know what your calendar looks like. Many of you I know are planning to be here on Thursday and Friday, but if it hasn't been your custom to come to those extra services in Holy Week, would you come this year? And why am I asking this of you? Well, because as you slow the narrative down, as you enter into these great events in history, you may find that you encounter the living God like you've never encountered him before. I know it's a busy week. Of course it is. But, you know, the Easter candy will wait. The paper you're writing can still be written. The cooking, the cleaning, your work, whatever, it can still be done. Don't rush to get to next Sunday, bypassing Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday. Now, I know some of you can't be here and maybe you have a sick relative to care for, you've got a duty at work you have to fulfill, or, or there's something that prevents you. And be at peace. This is not to put anyone on a guilt trip. But I would hate for anyone who could be here to miss out on what God may have for us this week. You know, God accommodates us um, accommodates himself to us in so many different ways. And one of the ways I find that God does this is actually through our worship and through our senses. So come this week and hear the sounds of water being poured as feet are washed on Thursday. 
smell the wood smoke uh, of the fire pit at the church door on Friday at the, at the end of the service when we burn the, the confessions uh, or the needs that have been brought up to the cross and we offer them to the Lord. Come and kneel before or, or touch the cross. And on Easter Day, smell the incense, taste the bread and the wine, hear the music. This year, don't hit the fast-forward button to next Sunday. Rather, hit the pause button. Encounter God. For truly, there is no Easter without Good Friday. Amen.